I think I might end up doing an episode on is Batman a fascist at some point. <laughs> I spent like two hours of my day just being angry <laughs> about, about the it. Blue Beetle trailer. Not even th- that. Like that was that was whatever. Uh, I saw like a, a TikTok about somebody discussing fucking Alan Moore, man. Um, he had to go and I was like, okay, like I've heard the argument that Batman's a fascist before. Not even the argument, just a statement. Sure, sure. Um, and then there was like a per- like really smart dude like talking about like pop culture. And he was talking about how anybody who wears a mask is, according to Alan Moore, a fascist. And because he's Alan Moore, he had to really push it even further and really pissed me off by saying that Birth of the Nation was the first superhero movie. Not that he liked it, but that he described because he's got to be edgy, you know? Sorry, this is what Alan Moore said or this is what the guy said? This is what Alan Moore said. He was talking about Alan Moore. Yeah. Fucking hell, man. Because they were the... Famously, the movie depicts the KKK as heroes. As heroes, yeah. Um, and they're wearing, I guess, what would be considered a mask. Yeah. So, if if you're going off of those two two facts and only those two facts, I'm so tired. Birth of the Nation. <laughs> Jack, I'm this, so tired. This this episode is might kill you. I was thinking about it. Oh, is this part of the episode? I thought you were just spitballing. <laughs> no. Well, yes and no. No, no, no. I am just spitballing. But okay. um, if this is going to kill you, it only, it gets so much worse. Um, Great. But I I started to look into like the 13 tenets of early warnings of fascism to apply yeah. to Batman. And like none of them apply. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to argue about it because there's also different iterations of huh. fascism and Batman. Uh, Fascinating. You, there are definitely versions of Batman that are fascist. Sure, like Nazi Batman. <laughs> okay, that one's he's like, probably that, a little that's, fascist. That's a little. That's a little on the nose. It was right. <laughs> the whole, it's like, what if the they were Nazis? Yeah, sure, uh, the, he would be a fascist. Um, <laughs> you know who wouldn't be? Who's that? The Batman cough. What? The Batman from Superman Red Sun. Oh yeah, no, he would not be a fascist. No, no, he wouldn't. No, that's a different world, though. It's a different world. That's if Superman landed in uh, Mother Russia instead yes. of Kansas. Yes, didn't have the. Uh, I just salt wanted, of the earth I people. Just, I just wanted to say Batman cough. Oh, okay. that's all. It's all I, I was wanted. like. Batman can cough. That wasn't. Even, that was not me being like funny. No, nobody like, ever. No, it's not normal to cough ever. <clears throat> that's my Batman cough. Fucking abomination. <laughs> but there, there's a world where it's the Kingdom Come world by Mark wade okay um and alex ross where it's it's like if superman had quit because he got sad i don't want to ruin the story for anybody because it's really good sometimes sometimes you have to sit alone in your in your antarctic fortress and just listen to the cure i don't know man (laughs) like you you get sad sometimes (laughs) now i want to know what would superman listen to when he's sad it would probably be like Hank Williams. Uh, you know, Jr. that's or probably true. Yeah. I, I can see him being a Willie Nelson boy. I, yeah. 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 I mean, he it's was, probably he was in isolation be... for years. So you, you're going to get tired of Hank Williams Jr. 
He gets in a silly mood and he puts on boy named Sue. Right. Yeah. No, he's he's got to mix it up. He, he anyway. Um, <laughs> Bat Batman. He you know he gets older because he's human, and sure. uh, he can't really patrol Gotham like he wanted to or what, what used to. So he makes robot Batmans. So the robots police Gotham. Yes. That's a little fashy. That is pretty fashy, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. That is um. Ooh, buddy. <laughs> he he kind of just like sits in the bad cave and stares at his back computer with all the cameras and sends out his robot Batmans. Um, that's pretty fashy. Yeah. Like, like I think there's a pretty solid argument for the Nolan verse Batman bordering on yeah. fashy. He, he bumps up against it. Especially in The Dark Knight Rises. If I'm, if I'm... God, I can't. Re- I've watched that movie twice and the first time I had chlamydia, so I can't <laughs> remember it super well. Yeesh. <laughs> Uh, the rough watch. Uh, I remember. I remember watching it in theaters and enjoying it. And uh, some of the other people that I watched it in theaters with were immediately like, "That was, that was terrible. That, like, oh, it was that awful." Was just, and, but specifically for fashion reasons, they oh, felt oh, it was okay, awful. Okay. Um, uh, though, though, I think like the more like immediate example that jumps out to me is the uh, cell phone monitoring yeah. scheme in The Dark Knight. But he has. Morgan Freeman to be like, right. stop that. Yeah, he, he, like, he puts right, it in the hands right. of a super not fascist yeah. who's able to kill it right away after it's been used for Which, the one questionable thing. He, and then he knows well enough to be like, listen, I can't be trusted, <laughs> I can't with, be trusted this. with this. Please, Lucius, you have to save me for myself. Yeah, I guess we should start the episode. <laughs> that might be a good idea. Because uh, my laptop went to sleep. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so that, that'll that probably be an episode at some point in the future. is just me just ranting. Batfash. Batfash. Sure. Uh, and the different universes, the multiverse laid out by one Grant Morrison. I'm curious to know um, what the hell this has to do with the movie we're talking about today. Not a goddamn thing. <laughs> oh, okay. That's better, <laughs> no. actually. <laughs> no. Well, I was starting to think, oh, man. You just. <laughs> um, well, I was thinking about what the guy said about if you're wearing a mask, then you're inherently a vigilante because you're hiding your identity. I'm like, well, Batman's not hiding his identity. He is he's Batman. In, yeah. He, if anything, yeah, it's, it's, it's cliched at this point. Bruce right. Wayne is the mask. It's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like when he was, I think seven, his parents died. Bruce Wayne also died. He became Batman. Yeah. Cause I was also thinking like, well, knife bricker seen behind me. Yeah. He wears a mask. And I'm like, is yeah. he by Alan Moore's definition? A fascist. Vigilante, yes. Vigilante, yes. Fascist, no. He kills a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> he does straight up kill a Nazi. He just, that's the first scene. <laughs> the he the first thing he does. <laughs> with almost no explanation. Um, all right. Our boy Nightfreaker is okay. Well, I was also thinking, like, well, Speedy doesn't wear a mask. Until he becomes until a villain, because he, he becomes yeah, he he dons a mask at the at that pivotal turn. Yeah, spoilers for our short film, Knife Breaker. The yeah, if you don't have like seven minutes to watch yeah. our short film on YouTube, I don't know what to tell you. I'll, I'll link it in the description. Do it. Yeah, it's yeah. not even me trying to shame shamelessly promote our stuff. People seem to genuinely like it. Yeah, it's a little bewildering to my my surprise. Cause <laughs> I definitely tried harder on other things. If there's like, <laughs> meh. I mean, we. Tried pretty hard to purposely make yeah. this stupid. So. We, did, we did a pretty good job of making it stupid. <laughs> yeah, we did. But I'm like, when I, because I've written other Knifebreaker stories, some that I'd like to make down the road. Sure. And at no point do I think of Knifebreaker as a man in a disguise. Knifebreaker is just Knifebreaker. Yeah, we, I don't really know much about Knifebreaker's, like, just employee at the Snappy Mart personality. Like, oh, he wears the 
mask all, at all times. Just constantly. Yeah. See, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, like I think he, initially it was like, oh, we'll go the superhero route. Like, he puts the mask on to become a superhero. I'm like, but he wouldn't. He's too stupid. He's too stupid. <laughs> <laughs> He's just knife pricker one, uh, 24-7. And then I was like, does he have the same mindset as Batman? Yeah, he kind of yeah, does. I guess, yeah. Like, when his parents died... He's whoever knife whoever was, was before, before and yeah. ceased to be. He's he just in, leans into it a lot harder because there's just no there's <laughs> right. there's no self awareness or irony no, there. No, no, not not whatsoever. No. He, he doesn't really have like Bruce Wayne's my disguise. It's just like it's all me, baby. <laughs> so no, he's not wearing a disguise. He's wearing a mask, but it's like the way you wear underpants. Yeah, basically, he puts on his socks, his underpants, his. Regular pants and then his mask. Yeah, he puts he puts his his underpants on just like anyone else would. Right. By uh, over pro- top of his over, <laughs> over top over top of his jeans that he jumped into from about four feet up off the ground. Yeah. This, we should of, move on before we this should gets move any on. more yeah, master, masturbatory. It's, <laughs> God, and after we did Caligula, you, th- you wouldn't think it would get any more coming in here. Oh, um, so I was thinking about aliases. Okay. Give, given the topic of our our movie, okay. Now 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 we're getting somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, our non-existent bat fash conversation that's I'm assuming been cut from this episode. We'll see. Le- led to this point, kinda. <laughs> um, so I was I I don't use my government name, so I've that's true. Yeah, been a lie since you've known me. Yeah, I'm the idiot that uses his real name and shit. Uh, well, I, I was like, you know, what what. what kind of alias could we give you um could you give so me? i went to an alias generator it, please tell me generator. please tell me it's the wu-tang name generator oh, shit <laughs> just god <laughs> fuck no I was, I was trying to find like a a reasonable well because the, the the reason they picked the name that they picked today which is alan smith smithy uh-huh. is because it sounds real enough that people don't pay attention to it but it's just fake enough that most people aren't going to have that name. Sure. So that was what I was going for when I started just hammering that button. Jan- January so, so walk me through this then. So what here, what options do I have for my potential alias? So the only thing I gave it was two-part name, starts with a J. Okay. Uh, so I, I went with the five that I thought were like, okay, you could maybe, you know, rock this. Okay. Uh, Juan Diego. Juan Diego. Juan Diego. Okay, I, I'd be. Ve- I'm very white for that name, but okay, well, that's not historically inappropriate. We got some other options. Okay, uh, we have Giovanni Fiorentini. I mean, I'm I am Italian. I I could uh, I could I could yeah. I don't speak the language, but I could pass. <laughs> <laughs> you you look maybe perhaps a little bit more. Johann Schuster. Oh, I could easily. Yeah, no, I I could yeah. I could be Johann. Yeah. Uh. Stop going to sleep. Germ- Germus? Germus Klein? Germus Klein? Yeah. <laughs> I, think that's the, I think that's the front runner so it's, far, right? You would think like, it would win until it gave me this gem. Oh and no. again, this is not supposed to be like a funny or, you know, it, it it's doing this in earnest. Joey Rowles? <laughs> <laughs> Joey Space Rowles? Could you spell that last name for me? R O W S E. Okay. <laughs> but they could have gone Joe Rouse. They could. But they didn't. They, they, they went Joey Rouse. I. <laughs> I. <laughs> like a fucking Bart's calling <laughs> Moe's Tavern. <laughs> 
Oh, God. I, I Yeah, I think that wins. I don't even have to change my first name. No. <laughs> uh, and then I did a couple for myself. And since we, we both have a name that starts with J, I did J-A to, to mix okay. up a little bit. Yeah. Jermaine Azizi? Jermaine Azizi. Yeah. Okay, yeah. There, that's, that's fun. You could specifically choose African names. And I decided, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I applaud your restraint. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, again, this is this is an ad that's in earnest. Um, so Jacob Weiner, no, as well as Jacob Cock. Are you fucking kidding me? Also, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing <laughs> this. J Tai, J Tai. Well, pardon. J J J A E, Tay T A E. I think you're pronouncing that correctly. Well, that's 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 a possible option. But, you know, the very first one it gave me, and I, I'm like, you know, I don't want to use this, was Jasper Jennings. I like that. I, I like really, that it yeah. gave you a fucking Stanley Lee-ass yeah, name. Right? I'm like, oh. I could definitely use that as a pseudonym. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I could see you getting some good use out of Jasper Jennings. That might be my, like, porn director name. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> You've always wanted one. I've always wanted one. And it's it's like... It sounds, it sounds old man pervy enough. Right. I don't want it to be, you know, Jacob Cox. No, that's too on the nose. Or Jacob Wiener. That's too stupid on the nose. And also on the nose. <laughs> Apologies to any Jacob Cox or Jacob Wieners out there. No, I mean, you. Welcome to the Drazzle. <laughs> the podcast takes award-winning worst films and fixes them. I'm host Jack Colbertson here. Suffer, suffer alongside me as always is also host Joe Nealis. Howdy, everybody. All the movies on Drazzle won worst picture at the Razzies the, years they were, the year they were released. The Razzies, for those of you who don't know, are something of reverse Oscars. They recognize the worst films of the year. It's been a while since we've got to do the uh, original opening. It's true, yeah. yeah. We've been bouncing around between a bunch of new stuff recently. Yeah, but now we're yeah. back to a, a bona fide uh, worst picture winner. It sure tastes like it, too. <laughs> so we're kind of doing a sequel sidequel kind of, sort of, to our Verhoeven month. Specifically, oh. Showgirls. Right. Because the movie we're covering was written... And oh. More or less masterminded by a Joe Esterhaus. Yes, yes, that's correct. Who I'm going to be honest, looks a lot different than I than I imagined him to. He looks like a Wookiee from the Christmas special. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 for some reason, I imagined a, a either gruffer or or uh, or more um, conventionally attractive. Oh no, I don't know. I mean. I think when he first started out making movies, mm-hmm. he had what I would refer to refer to as Burt Reynolds hot. Okay. Which is like, he's not hot, but for some reason... He just is a sex symbol? He just is a sex symbol. I'm not saying Joe Esther has a sex symbol, but... Uh, maybe, maybe he would say... But he might just say differently. No, no, that's writer Joe. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so he... Uh, that's part of the charm of Joe Esterhaus is... If you're only looking at his writing, you'd swear he's a despicable human being. But then you yeah. see him in interviews, and he's like kind of quiet and shy. Yeah, it's a little surprising. Yeah, and you're like, oh, he's not bad. And his acting is terrible because he doesn't want to be on camera. Yes, no, he uh, looks very uncomfortable. He, yeah, like you wrote that part for yourself, Joe. He, he did. Um, yeah, he did. So we are doing an Alan Smithy movie, Burn Hollywood Burn. 
Yes. Uh, uh, 1998, I yes. believe. It is bad. It's a bad movie. It's a real bad movie. <laughs> I, I, I'd always been kind of intrigued by this right, movie. Yeah. Just as like, just like being, being aware of the convention of Alan Smithy and seeing that it was just, they're playing with this idea and this title. I was like, oh, okay, that actually could be fun potentially. Like, right. Well, and I was, I was wrong. The core concept of there's a director, there's a fake name that directors use when they don't want to be attached to the project they were working on. Yes. That name being Alan Smithy and then having an actual director be named Alan Smithy and therefore has to find some other way to distance himself from project. That is a good, I'm going to say seed to start from. It's a good base premise, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Like, like, it had potential. But I, well, I guess now's as good a time as any to race some horses, huh? I suppose it is about that time. Uh, while I get the timer ready here, uh, if you have a moment, if you don't mind, I'd really appreciate it if you go wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a uh, give us a five star review. If you don't, if you don't mind, that helps other people find us a whole lot easier, and it means a whole lot to us. So we'd really appreciate it. Please and thank you. All right, Jackie, you ready for this? Or do you want? Or do you, do you want to give them a rundown about how Pavlovian yes, horses works yes, real quick? Correct. Uh, so instead of providing a highly descriptive summary full of quips. We'll be playing a game called Pavlovian Horses, wherein I'll have five minutes to summarize the movie and not a second more. Should the timer hit five minutes, Joe will blast me with horse sounds. Horses. Today I found a turd drying on the side of the public bathroom stall wall. I blame horses. I'm I'm sorry. Hold on. I blame dry, horses. Start dried, the timer. <laughs> dried to the wall? Drying. It was in the process of drying. Oh, okay. So, so you had just gotten there like... Long enough after the culp- uh, after the the crime had been you know, committed. You know, I am I'm not a forensics scientist, but if I had to guess based upon the drying around the outside rim of the turd, <laughs> uh, it looks like it had been drying there for at least several hours. Uh, but it's still soft enough in the sense. I hate you for making me say this. <laughs> I hate yeah, you. Opened this door. <laughs> the- Who let a horse in there the most perplexing thing is that it, you know i'm telling you this and you are probably in your mind imagining that this turd is somewhere either around the toilet or towards the bottom area of the stall i figured it was at least in the stall it is in the stall okay but it is at almost as though if you imagine putting your head in the toilet and your your rump facing upwards and then trying to fire it like artillery over into the next stall, but just <laughs> oh, no. just barely missing, and having it stick to the to the top area of the s- stall wall. Oh no! That is what it was. And there, I'm. Listen, I spent way longer staring at this turd than I ever ever should have. Um, dude eats his fiber. This uh, is how much we don't want to talk about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I really hate this fucking movie. <laughs> So stupid. Um, there were no indications that a hand had touched this turd. I, so I don't understand how it made it from a butthole to the wall without any hand. It's like the seashells from Demolition Man. Like, how did it work? <laughs> well, you you, <laughs> you scrape with the one, then you scrape the other one clean, and then you use the other with one for your hands. Is how it's been explained to me. I've seen pictures. <laughs> okay, I'm starting the timer. Three, two, one, go. We open on Stallone directly addressing the audience with a Rocky reference and a cum joke. 
Then we cut to the title card and a list of names of people I don't know, but now hate by association to this film. <laughs> this is actually a really good introduction to Alan Smithy in that it introduces you to a film's aesthetic and dumpster jokes. Yeah. Uh, it then cuts to the title card, which I'm going to read verbatim. Uh, if a director feels that the movie has been so badly changed that he or she wants their name off of it, they can use the Director's Guild pseudonym Alan Smithy. If the director's real name happens to be Alan Smithy and he wants his name off a movie, dot, 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 then he is dot, 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 fucked. And fucked is just his own card. There's yeah. nothing else on the screen when it says fucked. Eric Idle plays the titular Alan Smithy who directs the movie called Trio, starring Stallone, Jackie Chan, and Whoopi Goldberg, all playing themselves in this movie. When his control over the film is ousted by the producers and the A-list stars, he becomes irate. Producer James, played by Ryan O'Neill, suggests that he take the fake name used by a director who wants to disown his project, Alan Smithy. The problem is that Alan Smithy is his real name. He is Alan Smithy. Get it? It's funny. It's, it's a, what a pickle. <laughs> Unable to distance himself from the film, Smithy steals the only negative, which is a thing that would never happen in no. a three billion million dollar film um that there would only be one copy uh intending to burn it spoilers he does what happens between him stealing it and him burning it is an exhausting 86 minutes of hollywood deep cuts misogyny even by like 1998 standards and mean-spirited jabs at everything that makes a movie a movie that's it that's the whole thing but i guess i'll tempt the demon horse lords a little bit longer <laughs> Our leads are actually the two producers of the film, James and Jerry. Yeah. Jerry being played by the late Richard Jenny. They hire sex workers who are written in the tasteless, woman-hating fashion of that Esther House has become known for. They display less than subtle racism. They rage and abuse everyone around them, including each other. They're everything that we now know Harvey Weinstein to be. Oh, hey! Oh, <laughs> There's Harvey Weinstein! <laughs> Uh, Harvey Weinstein plays a detective hired by the producers to find Smithy. This is such a surreal moment in the year of our horse 2023. <laughs> Almost a spit take. I was like, please don't take a drink right now. <laughs> uh, but was also probably pretty weird for audiences in 1998 who would probably not recognize this festering smegma. Uh, not yet at his full power. Yeah. Uh, the hair was keeping all the evil in at that point. <laughs> Uh, speaking of people that the audiences wouldn't recognize, this movie is filled to the gills with them. Yeah. And those that couldn't fit, the movie makes sure to reference. So many fucking names dropped and none of them relevant to the, the plot. Uh, do people actually know who Michael Ovitz is? Do they? Email us at derazzledpodcast at gmail.com if you do. Not you, Antonio, but anyone else. <laughs> Something that should should be noted is that very little of the action actually happens on screen. It is instead discussed through interviews and brief cutaways. It's like a 20-80 cut, 80% being interviews. At some point, Alan Smithy, now on the run with the canisters of film, just two, which is weird because I thought it was like three or four. Um, it's a really short yeah, film. Just two, apparently. Uh, meets the brother's brother. Bro brother's brothers. And Spike Lee-esque duo of indie directors. Yeah, Leon and Dion, brothers, yes. if I remember correctly. <laughs> they fight for Smithy to get final cut, but are double-crossed by the producers who follow them back home to capture Smithy. However, they are too late. Smithy has already escaped, fleeing to the La Brea Tar Pits, where he burns the canisters. Another thing we don't actually see on screen, it's just exposition. I'll, I'll save my question for later. 
having become something of a folk hero, a bidding war erupts over the rights to Smithy's life. Robert Evans tries to get them before our two producers finally do. Eric Idols, Eric Idols says, cool, then turns his hair backwards. A real Bart Simpson that Alan hat, Smithy turns his hat backwards. What did I say? Hair. I like mine better. <laughs> uh, a, a Tarzan yells and the movie cuts to black. That was a Tarzan. Is that it? That's it. Okay. Yeah. You had like 40 seconds left. You're safe from the horses I don't, today. I didn't want to talk about it. The plot, That's, the non-existent plot. What, what plot? Yeah, there's so, <laughs> there's so fucking plot. Oh, okay, so he takes the fucking negatives to the La Brea Tar Pits yeah. to light them on fire. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't he just throw them into the tar pits? That would be more cinematic, wouldn't it? I, I mean, either that or show them burning. Either yeah. either way, show us something. Everyone knows the role, right? Show, don't tell. I, I feel like that's the first thing I, they teach you in... Like, it's like writing 100. Yeah. yeah. You, you, <laughs> you're not so even not in even, the door to 101 yeah, until you... You're, you have not even signed up for 101 <laughs> yet. And some, some professor has wandered by and been like, oh, hey, by the way... Show, don't tell, right? Show, don't tell. What? Get out. Huh? Get out. How did you pass your audition? <laughs> um, yeah, which is weird because I, you know, uh, Esther House did Basic Instinct and he wrote Showgirls. Mm-hmm. And those are both movies that have quite a bit of action. Those are also both movies that were directed by Verhoeven. They, they're specifically both Verhoeven movies, yeah. Um, I want to say he wrote Flashdance, but I have never seen Flashdance, so I can't Nor say. I. Uh, which is weird. It's a local film, right? Didn't they shoot it in Pittsburgh? I don't know. That's news to me. Um, we should have a Pittsburgh episode. We really should. Most of them are bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Night Living Dead and Flashdance, and then the rest are pretty bad. Well, Dark, um, Dark Knight Rises, but that's, you know, that's not... Not the best of them. Go on. Anyway. Um, so that's that's our story. Um, there are many, many, many more people that show up, show up for like a hot second to have Ooh, very little man. to do with the plot. Um, there's a whole subplot I think I skipped over where um, I think it's – I'm going to use the real names because I can't – Jerry and James are too similar. Yeah. So I think it's it's – Ryan O'Neill, who uh, is the more dominant of the two producers, yeah, gets the more unhinged of the two producers. Right, as the, well. the more Weinsteiny of the two producers. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Uh, he gets a. I don't know if she was ex- explicitly a sex worker or if she was just a girl he knew to sleep with Alan Smithy. Oh God, yeah, it's really not clear if she's a sex worker or yeah. They really didn't really, they didn't really show I, any of it. She might be. I think there's some in one of in one of the uh, hastily, poorly, lazily written. Uh, oh my God, uh, those uh, things. title cards that popped up or, or caption bits that popped up to introduce her. I think escort was included okay, in the I list of right. descriptors among everything else, uh, including feminist. Every single woman in this film has the feminist tag on them for whatever reason. I guess they thought that was funny in 1998. Before watching this movie, I kind of – I wasn't like an Esther House apologist, but I I felt for him a little bit. Because we've talked about we know his background. Right. I think in particular like the interviews that we've heard about him surrounding showgirls, like really painted to be a more sympathetic figure. Yeah. This really like – this makes me want to punch writer Joe right in the fucking throat. Like this – You would message me after during watching it and said yeah. how lazy it was written. It was. It is. Yeah. It, it, it's it's astounding. Like how like 
like the the low hanging fruit wasn't even still on the tree. Like it had fallen off and was rotting on the ground. It's kind of just like rubbing all over it like a dog in mud. Kinda. Uh, just Joe Westerhouse rolling around in the ground. He kind of looks like a big old bunch dog. Of, bunch of fruit pulp. <laughs> <laughs> what do you remember the names of the the magazines? Because they that was oh my that God. was like Saturday morning cartoon lazy. It's like. Mad TV came up with more imaginative right. like, parody names for things. Um, News Leak was yeah. uh, that stood out to me, and I think it was the New York Slime. I think you're right. I, those are the only two that like specifically jumped to my mind because I think they're the only ones that are referenced more than once. Yeah, uh, but there's a handful of other ones as well where they're supposed to be like big prominent publications of some sort that have just a you know a, a, a jokey fake name. So later, I kind of start to talk about how. He almost feels like a bully, like a high yeah. school bully. And that really comes out in these really pathetic jokes about the, the, the news tabloids or not even news. They're not even tabloids. They, yeah. In the one, in the, in, in the one case, it's the New York Times, right. which given is a fucking historically shitty rag in right. a lot of ways, but also is still referred to as the paper of record. It's not a tabloid. <laughs> I, I feel like. <sighs> We covered the story about as well as we can cover it. Honestly, it. it <laughs> um, I, I know we'll get into more specifics right. when we get into what does and doesn't work about this, but the face you just made, I just, <laughs> oh God, it's a single tear. It's like the, the it's right. like the commercial of the Native American looking at the <laughs> landfill. It's just one tear rolled down Jack's face. I think he was Italian. Uh, I think he was. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure that actor was Italian. Let's cut the break. Let's. We'll be right back. Let's talk about some stats. Sure, why not? Do you know the numbers for Alan Smithy? You know, I don't. I, I, did, Great. I did not Perfect. look them up this time. Uh, what do you think the tomato meter score is? It's got to be like a three. It's pretty low. It's a, a nougat bigger than, than a three. It's seven. <laughs> seven. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was correct that it was single digits. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, what would you say the audience score is? Mm. Well, you see some side boob in the bloopers. So there is like a side a, boob. So like a, like a 12. Fifteen, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, I wholeheartedly believe that it was that side move that bumped it up like four points. Yeah, um, I aim to be a score out of ten. One point nine. I would have given it like a two point three, but man, IMDb let me down. It is a three point five out of ten. Fuck off. Yeah, Cut. right. Okay, I need to know, I need somebody to answer for this, because, mm. like, IMDb <laughs> consistently rates these, some of the worst right. movies that we've seen, unreasonably high. Given, like, that score is trash. Yeah, it's a bad score. It's a very bad score out of 10. But, like, if every, if the consensus elsewhere is less than 20%, how did that happen? I I wonder if are these the same people that wrote five star reviews for Caligula on Amazon? <laughs> you leave my name out of your mouth. <laughs> God damn it! Oh shit! Hey, um, you know what existed at the time? Were what the, it, the stinkers? The stinkers did exist at this time. Yeah, the stinkers bad movie awards, uh, specifically nineteen ninety nine, because you know it's covering the year before. Yes. Um, so let's cover. They had some things to say about an Alan Smithy movie. 
or Alan Smithy film, Burn Hollywood Burn. It's too long of a title. It's way too long of a title. Yeah. Like I was like, are you are they trying to go for the mockumentary vibe? Because sometimes documentaries can have stupidly long titles. I mean, I mean, clearly that's what they were going for, but like it. But the title itself, like Burn Hollywood Burn, does not describe the film further. Or we'll no, get if, if anything, they should have swapped them. But yeah, yeah, it, now, they'd almost had a perfect movie. Just, just yeah, <laughs> swap fi- this too. Fixed it. We're done. <laughs> just, what, what the stinkers have to say? Uh, so it was nominated for worst picture, but this was the year that Spice World came out. Oh right, Spice, Spice World won the yeah. wor- one worst picture at the Stinkers that year. Sure did. Right. Wow. Huh. It this movie feels so much older than Spice World. It really does. It genuinely does. Like the, they feel like they're completely different eras of filmmaking. Yeah. Well, the jokes feel like they're from like 1984, and the references feel like they're from like 1984. Yeah. Uh, it. it was nominated for worst director, uh, Arthur. Sorry, Alan Smithy, um, <laughs> also known as Arthur Hiller. Yes, uh, but lost to Jeremiah. Let's say Chichik, who directed the Avengers. No, not that one. The um, right, Sean Connery. I think Ray Fiennes. I believe you're correct. Yes. Um, God, that was a boring film. I've never seen it, but I, I, I I've heard nothing but bad things about it. I mean, I'm from the United States, so I didn't really know the source material. Um, but the movie itself was boring. Most painfully unfunny comedy. It was nominated for that as well, but lost to a movie I've never heard of, Meet the Deedles. I've heard of Meet the Deedles. I've not I've seen it, I've heard the title, though. that's it. Uh, it did, however, win Worst On-Screen Hairstyle. Would you like to guess who won the worst on-screen hairstyle? Worst on-screen hairstyle? Yeah. Worst on-screen hairstyle. I was it Ryan O'Neal. No, it was Joe Esterhaus. Oh, which I find that... is a charming haircut. And his hair was fine. He's Come a wookie. Yeah. No, that's just that's this. However, uh, this look, this anti-Kashyyyk sentiment just can't stand. Okay, <laughs> but. What I will say is I'm I'm glad they didn't go with the other person who's nominated because it feels kind of borderline racist. Oh, uh, scary spice. That is that's more than borderline racist. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Also, I liked her hair in it. Her hair. She her had hair, the two like little like uh, yeah. a, horn looking things. A her hair looked fine in that, and B her hair just always looked like that. Yeah. Like it's her hair. <laughs> that's one stinkers. <laughs> You've got a ways to go before you beat the the Razzies, though. Yeah, um, it's and then, but we're watching you. We're watching you, you even though no you're longer an existent entity. Uh, but no, we'll take over if you guys let us. Yeah, they just give us stinkers. Uh, so interesting stinker sidebar. Oh, that like barely has anything to do with our topic today. <laughs> okay, uh, so they have this thing called the "What Were They Thinking" award. What What were they thinking, and why? It's a founders award. It does. It's stupid. Uh, okay. That year, it went to the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences for honoring Ilya Kazan for a Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, so Ilya, Ilya Kazan was the director of a lot of movies, but just a, a couple that you may have heard of, A Streetcar Named Desire. Sure. On the Waterfront, uh, Splendor in the Grass, East of Eden. He's, he did a lot of, um, well, he, he adapted a lot of plays, actually. Okay. However, and they were really good, like nothing bad to say about his, his films. 
However, uh, there was a turning point in his career, and I'm, I know we'll talk about this at some point in the future, Okay, where he provided testimony as a witness before the oh. House Committee of Un-American Activities in 1952. He, he named names. He named names. That motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I'll stand. I'll I'll, uh, I'll stand with the with the stinkers on that one. Yeah. That's that's some that that. Mm-mm. What is further interesting? Because I, I I agree. I'm like, I probably would have just not said anything about it, but I don't disagree with the stinkers. Kind of being like, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> director Stanley Kubrick was asked, you know, his opinion about Eli Kazan, not what he'd done, just the man just of him. Yeah. Yes. Quote. Without question, the best director we have in America and capable of performing miracles with the actors he uses. Which, okay. again, watching those movies, if I know anything about Ilya Kazan, 100% agree. But this is notable because Kubrick directed Spartacus. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with what Sp- uh, Spartacus is about? I, I I know like the like the like the, I've never actually seen the entire movie, but I know like the big like I, like everyone claiming to be Spartacus scene. It is about the House of uh, House Committee of Un-American Activities. <laughs> like it is it is about the Hollywood blacklist. Oh, uh, well, oh uh, oh yeah yeah no oh, oh I see the parallel. Okay, it in fact was written by Dalton Trumbo, who was one of the writers that was blacklisted in part because of Ely Kazan's testimony. Oh yeah. shit. Okay, so Kubrick definitely had some uh right. some feelings about that. Yeah. He was just also capable I guess he, I guess he's a separate the art from the artist kind of person. I feel like he would have to be, right? <laughs> yeah, knowing knowing what we know about Kubrick, yeah. yeah. That that's fair. Uh and to to give credit where it's due the more outspoken um, individual involved in Spartacus was actually Kirk Douglas. No. Oh. Uh, the the lead actor. Yeah. Um, he was very outspoken against the, the Hollywood blacklist, but he was also so fucking famous at that time. Yeah, he was massive. Yeah. Massive fucking star. Yeah. Um, they couldn't do anything to him. Oh. Um, but Spartacus did eventually – it was one of the, the films and um, – events that led to the end of the blacklist oh uh, yeah speaking of aliases dalton trumbo didn't stop working he just worked under different names good okay yeah. that rules yeah do, does this have anything to do barely just barely has anything uh, to do with tangentially <laughs> tangentially um we haven't had a nice tangent like yeah. that in a little while i'll take it <laughs> like i wrote i wrote in the script probably only the people who know or care about the minutia of Hollywood machine will care. Relating it back to this movie, Alan Smithy, yeah, for talking about the minutia of Hollywood, <laughs> like, in which nobody will care. The, this movie is so incredibly inside baseball that right? I think in, I think that inside baseball would blush. <laughs> I know a little bit about the the machine, and I was I don't care. Like, I, can you yeah. stop dropping specifically like producer names? Seriously, like the. Like, like it is literally only in that like that at that echelon of yeah. like in group nonsense within the film industry that that stuff matters to anybody like you don't have a ton of like movie fans clamoring over specific producers or at least you don't these days i mean maybe there was a point where that was like a big fucking deal no not really i honestly i think you probably have people recognizing producer names 
uh, normal people, not weirdos like us. Oh yeah, no, I, mean, uh, we're, I mean we're we're sick. Just... <laughs> yeah, probably now more than then. I mean, you have F- Fahey, F- Feige. Yeah, yeah. I never remember how to say his name. Yeah. Um, even Kathleen Kennedy. Some people recognize. Okay, see. So, okay, you do have a point there. I guess in the age of IP and the right. idea of um. I guess it kind of evolves out of like fandoms and the yeah. and the attention put on showrunners and whatnot. I think yes. maybe there's something along those lines that have people more keyed into those levels of uh, of of ex- of the executive behind creative projects like this. But all the same, I can't imagine just like a couple of average film goers or film fans like arguing over who is the more prestigious producer or more yeah. well or or like the better producer you know if like directors sure i see that happening a lot more yeah. actors well, I, I guess yeah it, it, but no i i still can't see pro, the, the producers being held up on that level like that still feels like kind of a behind the curtain sort of thing for the average film goer yeah. if i'm wrong let me know but yeah you're not wrong okay <laughs> let's talk about the Razzies. <laughs> let's talk about the Razzies. So it won the worst picture. Yes. Uh, this was 19th. 19th. Uh, it was nominated for nine and it won five. Okay. Well, I, I don't know what else it won. So one worst picture. Yes. It also won worst supporting actor for man. They really just, they really were mad at Joe Esterhaus. Yeah, really clocked Joe Esterhaus for his like forty seconds of on-screen time. He's barely in the fucking movie. Good lord, guys! It was also nominated. Stallone was also nominated because, of course, Stallone was nominated. Well, okay. Well, again, he's like the Razzie's favorite male punching bag. Right. So him and Bruce Willis. Right. Yeah. And then and then whenever you get into women, it's Madonna. Yeah. And almost almost just Madonna. I don't think there's another actress they pick on nearly that hard. Not that I've discovered. Yeah. Uh, it was not, it was, it won, it won more screenplay, which, yeah. 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 Okay. No, yeah. fair. <laughs> yeah. That's where you ping Joe Esterhaus. That... Yeah. Right. You, you got him there. Um, but they also got him for worst new star. Get the fuck out of he here. He did tie. He, oh, tied. Oh, he tied. Okay. Who, who was the other? Uh, one? I don't know this movie. Um, Jerry Springer for Ringmaster. I don't know the movie, but, uh, Sure, why not? Like, worst new star, they tied. Good, good for you. Like, there are so many other people that have much more prominent yeah. and also bad performances in <laughs> right. this movie. Like, how- well, I was fine with, like, Stallone. Well, I guess Stallone's not new. Stallone's not new, no. I, uh, <sighs> I think they were very mad at Joe Astorhouse, which I understand the feeling uh, after watching this movie twice. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Uh, Once was more than well, the, enough. The first time it just kind of like washed over me in a wave of shit. Yeah. Uh, That's kind of how Becca and I felt. <laughs> and then I had to rewatch it to be like, maybe I missed the plot. No. No. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> uh, and then the last award it won was for worst original song, I Want to Be Mike Ovitz, which was written by Joe Esterhaus and Gary G. Wiz. Okay, because that was like the first song that started playing when they introduced Richard Jenny's character, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's true. Yeah. And if, and I got confused at first as they had a different name on screen. I was like, but that's not Michael Ovitz. What's? What but you, you see, he wants to be Michael Ovitz. Uh, eh? Sure. Dare, dare I even ask the question, who is Michael Ovitz? 
Because I, I don't know who I he was is. originally. <laughs> I was originally going to devote a section to all of the names that are referenced that, that no one's going to know. Oh, but God. then I was like, I don't. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it would. What would have happened was I would give like one sentence to everybody and then I would just gush about Robert Evans for 40 minutes. There was a lot of there was a lot of Robert Evans in yeah. this. I thought that was going to be like a one off gag, and he just kept yeah. coming back. It, it wasn't. It, well, I guess he was kind of important to the story. He was like one. It was like a weird cameo that happened to later be important. To the story. Yeah, I think that that was like the one thing. It was like, oh, okay, well, he actually he actually comes in in some like some sort of importance yeah. later on. He's not just some some producer there is right. thrown up there because he's one of the best known producers, right? And I, the only reason I even know about him is because he was a really big producer during the new Hollywood movement. Yes. Otherwise, I, I would not give a shit. I, I only know about him because they, Comedy Central did that cartoon about him. What? Oh, yeah. He had a, he had his own cartoon that he was like, like a whole cartoon? Of, like a whole cartoon. Yeah. He's so like sad, a weekly, though. Like, what a weekly, would... like a weekly series. What? It, was, it wasn't good. It do- No. No, he's a fascinating individual. I would not want to watch a fucking cartoon with him. I didn't want to watch him act. He's uh, and make weird incest jokes. <laughs> I forgot to write that down. Yeah, he made some weird like daddy daughter incest jokes. It, uh, it never. It was never funny, and it never worked. It was just gross every time. Yeah, not to like harsh anybody's kink. But the delivery of the line was really gross. It's, oh, my God. It's it kind re- of like in our Caligula episode. When I say come, you can say come, and it's not gross. And you're like, come. And then it's gross. No, it's just, <laughs> I, the, when you say it that way, it just <laughs> – I don't know how a word that you're saying has bad mouthfeel for me. But that's yeah, the it doesn't feel so good for me That's either. the best way I can describe it right now. <laughs> Again, we've got to get all our laughs out in this Yeah, part. I know. Um. Mike Mike Ovitz, Michael Ovitz, I want to say he was the producer at Disney um, and eventually was ousted by uh, Eisner. Oh. Don't quote me on that. I, I'm pretty sure that's correct, but don't Interesting. quote me. Okay. Um, okay, so I can kind of see how he would be a big deal. He was, and it, or is. He's not dead. Um, no, he, he was a big deal producer, but who gives a fuck? Yeah. Let's move on to the nominations. Sure. Uh, so Ryan O'Neill's nominated for his part as James Edmonds, I thought he was fine. Uh, yeah. He lost to, I'm using, but he <laughs> lost to Bruce Willis for Armageddon, oh, Mercurizing in the Siege. I've only seen Armageddon. Oh, the God, those are all the same year. Holy shit. Yeah, he, rough year, rough year. probably great year for his bank account. I mean, yeah, dude got paid for, for certain. Uh, it also was nominated for Worst Screen Couple. Every goddamn time. What what is it this time? Quote: Any combination of two people playing themselves or playing with themselves. Ha ha! Because it's masturbatory. Yeah. Uh, it lost to Leonardo DiCaprio and himself as twins in Man with Man in the Iron Mask. Which, All right. Which I haven't seen. I have not seen it either. They couldn't have just like pointed out like Ryan O'Neill and Richard Jenny. Like they. Like, yeah. They're the they're the on screen duo we see the most, or even just. Opening scene with Jackie Chan, Whoopi Goldberg, oh and Stallone. God. That scene alone, wow! You won the award, guys. Yeah, you did it. Just don't uh, fuck with me. <laughs> don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with me. Don't fuck no. Don't fuck with us. It did end with a "Don't fuck with us," but yeah. Which like, I knew it was it was going there, and I just didn't just 
I wanted those bullets to be real. Um, <laughs> and then it uh, it was also nominated for Worst Director, but lost to Gus Van Sant for Psycho. Wow. Yeah. Which I've only heard bad things about. Um, I, I, I don't think I've actually seen... What other films is Gus, is Gus Van Sant really, really known for? Well, he's, he usually, and I think still is, mostly an indie director dude. Yes. Um, so he did like Paris, Texas. Uh, he did, I think he did, I think he did Harvey Milk, the Milk movie. Oh, okay. Um, there's a bunch. He was just one of the big 90s uh, independent directors. Right. You know, because I was aware of him for a good while, but the only thing I ever hear anyone say about him is how, how shitty his movies are. Um, Which I know I've seen Milk. And I've se- I swear I've seen something else of his as well. And oh, my own private Idaho is I think the one that I watched. I'm not even aware of that one. Uh, again, early '90s indie. Um, if you want to see some like sweet baby faced Keanu Reeves, I mean, always he's I think he's in my own private Idaho. But I always mix that and Paris, Texas up. I don't know why because they're completely different movies. All right. Um, yeah, it's worth worth checking out. Um, Back when indie movies were actually very indie. <laughs> yeah. But no, people mostly know him for that movie because it sucked. Um, and I don't know that it did. I, I saw five minutes of it. it. It seemed like a direct shot for shot remake. And then I went and made out with somebody. So um, <laughs> I. Good for me. Uh, anyway. Good, good for you. <laughs> good for me. Um, <laughs> sorry, Gus. So last thing I want to comment on for the Razzies, then we'll, we'll cut the break. Um, you may notice that this movie pretty much hit every category. It seems like it, yeah. That didn't have a woman in it. Huh. That's a yeah. good point. Almost like there really aren't any female characters of note. And if they are, they're there for five seconds. There are two female characters that are recurring. One being the escort who sleeps with mm-hmm. Alan Smithy. Scratch that. Three that that recur. There's the, the escort that sleeps with Alan Smithy. Alan Smithy's actual wife and yeah. Aloe Vera. Which one's Aloe Vera? Aloe Vera is is uh, Ryan O'Neill's character's ex. Uh, okay. Who is constantly side, boob. Ta- side Yeah, she's the one who shows some side boob in the in the, in the in the in the in the bloopers at the end. Uh, but she also she uh, she is constantly talking about how Ryan O'Neill's character is, like, does a bunch of drugs yeah and you know he's screaming about how he doesn't do, how he doesn't do drugs how he he I don't just, yeah Jesus. we'll we'll yeah. talk a little bit more about that right later. right but anyway uh, but yeah but they're they are the only women in the in the film that pop up more than once yeah. and who have any kind of actual presence and their bits are stale. They're they're given like nothing to work with. They are framed and shot in the most bizarre ways. Yeah, there is some real. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Welcome to making a martini up, dry, and straight to the point. I am the host, Caleb Viggles, accompanied by my CFO, Scooter, who is my dog. And together, we are bringing you the podcast education you never knew you needed. Sometimes more than you get in our own country's actual education system. Do the children of today learn about sex, Shakespeare, and race in school? I mean, maybe, but I sure didn't, and look what happened to me. I started a podcast. And is this really what you want for your children? No, it's fucking not. 
But I can guarantee that the children in school today don't learn about the Alien franchise, why Grease 2 is better than Grease, and certainly not the joys of Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, which you will learn here. And if you came here thinking this is going to be a podcast on how to make martinis and whatnot, well, you're almost right, because we are making cocktails. Cocktails for all occasions, including the classic dirty vodka martini, the pride teeny, and the bro knee, and more, typically accompanied by a knowledgeable guest, or at least someone who I think is knowledgeable and entertaining. And hey, you might think so too. I mean, what more could anyone with a thirst for knowledge and a thirst for vodka-based drinks want in their life? So join me with our bi-weekly themed cocktail as we take on numerous practical and crazy topics, have a laugh, and get straight to the point. I'm practically drunk just thinking about it. Make sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram, and remember, please drink responsibly. Cheers. Are you ready to get into it? Sure. Get into the... What worked? Start with the cast. What worked for uh, Alan Smith, the cast? Okay, I this I actually do have a legitimate answer for. Cool. Uh, and the, the first and foremost what works for the cast are Chuck D and Coolio. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the Brothers Brothers fucking rule. Right? Just objectively best lines Best delivery of anything that happens. Best yeah. on-screen presence. Mwah. Thank you. I have a theory as to why they work, but why do you think they work so well? Hmm. And again, they're like indie. Uh, they, they're obnoxiously compared to Spike Lee over and over and over again by the producers because yeah. like, they don't know any. They other, don't know any other black filmmakers. Right. Um. But they're. Yeah. Why do you think they work? I mean, I think they work because they're such a direct counterpoint to everything that's happening around them. I I wrote that it feels like they're in on how stupid the movie is. Yeah. Like if you watch the like if you watch the um uh the YouTube channel Cinema Sins, which I try not to these days, they Every now and then he'll point out like, oh, this character would be really good at cinema sense. That's kind of the vibe that I get from these from these characters. It's just okay. like they they get what's wrong with this fucking movie. <laughs> and so like yes. they are they are the meta joke on the meta joke. Yeah, yeah. I I I don't know that they were thinking that hard about it. No, oh, they, they absolutely weren't. No. Naturally, they saw a bunch of idiots making an idiot movie. Yeah, and like this is some dumb shit. But let's go get paid. Yeah. You know what? That is the more realistic explanation than the stupid shit I just said. And, well, <laughs> and I think they're nat- that naturally just comes out from yeah. that attitude. It, it 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 flows very very naturally for them. Like you, you there's a there's a comfort with 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 their performance that I think is admirable. The, but you're also right. There are, are a number of dialogue scenes with them. Like, huh? That dialogue actually worked. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene where. They go back to their house, and the police raid the, yeah. their house. And oh my god! Like the confrontation, whole, the, the whole discussion with the with the cop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I forget the name, the fake names they give their movies. Like your brother um, ain't a brother. It was, or it was like your. It was you ain't no brother. <laughs> yeah. And oh my god, what was the other one? 
I'm really I'm drawing a blank on the yeah. other one, but but he's like this one and that one they sucked, yeah. and you're like oh nope, uh, and he's like all right well that one sucked, but that other one that was all right, it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> that and the negotiation scene, the negotiation is really scene, good, hands down the best moment of the entire yeah. film. Uh, that moment where. Uh, <laughs> The moment where where James says, uh, "You have final cut over my dead body," and Chuck <laughs> yeah. and, and Chuck D leads over the table and goes, "All right, then die." <laughs> <laughs> like that did not feel scripted. Becca howled, <laughs> just like outright cackled. It's like that's the first good, good thing right? that's happened in this movie. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, I. You know, it's a comedy. It is. And yeah. I, maybe, I think I laughed twice. That was one of them. That was definitely, the, that was easily the biggest laugh that I had this entire time. Um, I'm so thankful for it. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely agree. Brothers, brothers. Such a, a breath of fresh air in this fucking movie. Even just like uh, um, everyone else around them as well. Like the, um, uh, I forget the, I forget the woman's name. Uh, her last name was Lumumba, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, like even like she was fun for yeah. the little bit we got out of her, but again she's a woman in this film, so we don't get a whole lot out of her. Right? Yeah. I'm torn as to whether or not Eric Idle works. There are I I feel the same way. There are scenes where he works because mm-hmm. I like Eric Idle just to begin with. Yeah. No, I was excited when I saw that he was in this because mm-hmm. again he's like he is one of my favorite of the Monty Python crew. He's so yeah. fun. His uh, his Sir Robin is probably my favorite of the, Excellent. Of the yes. nights. I could forgive him his kind of weaker scenes because it's not him being weak. His, his, he's working with garbage. He's working with absolute trash. Um, Just In the current time, he is in a mental institution, which I think that was my first laugh. It was like the Sean Penn mental institution. Oh, <laughs> that it did say that, yeah, didn't it? Like, <laughs> all right. Uh, low-hanging fruit, but... Absolutely low-hanging fruit, um, yeah. But he's he's in the mental institution mm-hmm. and he's working with the m- worst dialogue um, and singing it's uh, the itsy bitsy yeah. spider for some reason. There, well, there is a reason why the music is so bad in this movie. Oh, and uh, well, I guess we'll talk about it a little bit more. Yes, with production. Yes, yeah. Um, but I enjoyed him up until the very end when, like, I think this like Whoopi Goldberg was like, I could play. Alan Smithy and he's like cool I yeah was, those those oh my the God. Ins- yeah the inserts where he's just going cool and like yeah. turning his hat backwards I just yeah yeah I, I he definitely lost me at that point it, it, it's like the entire rest of the film is like I'm like I'm I, I'm rooting for yeah. that character uh, aside from like the weird like s- like vaguely insane things they're having him yeah. do um comes across as it, it reads as kind of ableist and strange but yeah you know, it's just, it, aside from aside from that like i, I i'm i'm with that character up until that ending and it's just like okay now you've just lost me entirely i don't i don't know what i don't think he knew joe sf uh esther house knows knew what he wanted to do with that character because he had him be kind of like spiritual in a tongue-in-cheek way but he also had him be an artor where he really cared about the movie and what he was doing. But then he also had him only care about the edit because he was an editor, an editor. which is really that that is we'll, we'll get we'll get more to it. But right. like his actual role is so unclear for such, such long stretches of this yeah. movie. 
And then he kind of foregoes all of that at the end when he just cashes in. Yeah. It feels – it rubs against his character, and I didn't like it. Yeah. Any other actors that you thought worked? There were moments where I enjoyed Richard Jenny. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say for the entire movie. Are you familiar with his stand-up? I don't know. I don't think I've seen his stand-up, actually. I haven't either, so I, I wonder if – his casting would have been a bigger deal at that time. I know I've seen him in other films. I, I, I can't pinpoint them off the top of my head, but I don't know. There were moments where I feel like he was making good use of props that he was working with in particular. Yeah. Like, the, like the the cigar moment whenever, they, whenever they're uh, interviewing him very God, clearly from so another weird. car. Yeah, like the whole, like whole scene is very weird, but the way he's just actively like trying to right. like continue to play to the camera uh-huh. while driving, but also choking on the smoke that's yeah. blowing back in his face, that was, that was pretty funny. I, got a, I did get a laugh out of that moment. I, I think I prefer Ryan O'Neill, but I also think... It's because I've seen him in other things. See, I didn't like Ryan O'Neill in this. Why is that? I mean, it may have just been the character itself. Like, he was I, a terrible person. Yeah, it's just like I was so maybe maybe I'm too I've been too steeped in the likes of John Peters and whatnot to like yeah. to countenance this kind of character. Uh, but like the the moment that the moment that like they're talking about him threatening to kill uh, Smithy and whatnot, it's like, come on, man! No, I, I'm I'm just I'm not here for you. That that's fair. Um, it also probably doesn't help that we know that that is real. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, what worked for the story? Hmm. I mean, like we said up top, like the the base conceit of the movie, like the idea. Of a man not being able to take his name off of a shitty movie because his name is already Alan Smithy. Yeah. Is pretty funny. It they don't play it. They don't work no. with it very well, but it's still like that base premise is still like it's it it's straightforward enough to where like you can see where that would be grounds to like build something from. There there are a lot of things I'm like the intent of this or what they started out with this, I liked. Yeah. They just immediately drop it for like low hanging fruit and like jabs at people. I like what they were trying what it felt like they were trying to set up with aloe vera. How like having a direct foil to everything that mm-hmm. James was saying that Ryan O'Neill was saying after like, after a certain point was satisfying to a, to a certain extent like getting like the additional like the truth behind what he's saying and like the, yeah. the fact that he's you know the fact that he is a bullshit artist and he is not who he is not the like clean living pasta man that he claims to be it's <laughs> a weird diet it's a weird it's, it's always a weird running gag <laughs> like that had to have been a person that joe esterhouse knew in real life and was like that's weird and funny i'm putting that in the script. right that that honestly that was the vibe I got out of a lot of the jokes. It was like, oh, this is something that Joe experienced, mm-hmm. thought it was hilarious. And then he Frankensteined all that together. Yeah. But we weren't there for any of that. Yeah, nobody was. Yeah, it's it's a lot of like you had to be there moments. Yeah. And no, none of us were fucking there, Joe. So uh, the story worked really well then, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this went swimmingly. Uh, you know what theme I thought worked really well? What theme worked? Hollywood is a terrible place full of terrible people. Corruption. Corruption, corruption, greed, horse shit, and opportunism. 
I think all uh, uh, all were effective themes yeah. in this film. Yeah, I will agree with that. They uh, maybe not intentionally uh, <laughs> <laughs> nailed right. a lot of yeah. that. Did anything work for the production? I said no. I liked that they. I liked the idea of it being a mockumentary. That was about it. I think that the intention of how they were going to frame it wasn't a bad idea. Just I don't think the execution was there. Agreed. Yeah. Well, uh, what what didn't work for the casting? Um, hmm. where to start? Uh, how about the literal monster in the room? The literal monster. The literal monster. Harvey Weinstein. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. Uh, he was awful. Like, just, like, so I know, I know we talked a little bit about this with, in the Terry Gilliam episode about mm-hmm. how, how the Weinsteins like really want to be filmmakers, but yes. like, but they're producers. That's like, that's not their role. This very much feels like him trying to like insert himself into film in a capacity that he's just not gifted in. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the capacity to do this well. He he's robotic. He's wooden. He's a wooden robot somehow. I don't know how I pulled that off. Huh. He real Pinocchio that he's guy. He's a little bit of a Pinocchio. It's God, I'm sorry Pinocchio. Uh yeah, you didn't deserve that. Man. No. <laughs> I feel really I'm bad. A real now. Boy. <laughs> uh so I will say he he appears to be trying to do an impression of an actor from, I think, Dragnet. Yes, that um, that's very much the vibe that I got too. Like he he's definitely going for like a like a. I forget the actor's name. But yeah, I think, um, but he, he he's like he's t- telling a true story, but the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Right, kind of deal. Like Dan Aykroyd did it better. Yeah. Um, they should have just got Leslie Nielsen to do Leslie, yeah. <laughs> Basically, made an entire career out of doing that. Um, God, I just want to talk about Leslie Nielsen. He's I know so much. I loved him so more much. delightful than oh. who. Yeah. So a little little sneak peek into next week's episode, part you know, two of this uh, is we're going to be talking about Harvey Weinstein in, in depth because uh, we we can't not. Like, yeah, we've kind of like bumped into him a couple times. On the show, peripherally, just... is this the first time that we've had to just straight up look at his ugly mug? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It just, um, I mean, if you don't remember, he he was uh, his horrible actions were the were the reason the Me Too movement is a thing. Yeah, uh, and we will talk more about that in part two, in more depth than I ever wanted to. Yeah, but uh, it bears it bears repeating. Yeah, it, no, we it, abs- bears... it absolutely should be covered. Yeah, and we will. So. But I Sorry. I agree. He sh- I would love to know how he got involved in this project. Like, did he push his way in? Because this isn't a Weinstein or Miramax production. I don't think he gave any money to I, it. I I think this is just again. It's the degree to which this film is so fucking inside baseball mm-hmm. that it's just it, it, it. The only people who would want to insert themselves into it and like be involved in it, uh, it, it with the exception of like. You know the actors who were specifically hired right. would would have to be big name producers like this. Like I feel like he wanted to be the Robert Evans character, but mm. Robert Evans was the Robert Evans character. Yeah, 
and he he wasn't quite that famous yet. No. Um, no. So he he was like, all right, I'll take this role because it's it, this is a movie about movie people, and I'm a movie person. Yeah. So like you still have Robert Evans like active and doing yeah. and doing things, and, and so you but you have Weinstein aspiring toward that early in his career, yeah. and then being like, well, we it doesn't we it don't feel like it works to have you to put you on his level. Right. We'll bring you. We'll have you in. You maybe you can hang out a little with. Right. The three A-list actors that they dragged into this movie, Stallone, Whoopi Goldberg, and Jackie Chan. I felt terrible for Jackie Chan in particular. Like, Whoopi Goldberg, I actually feel like did did okay with what she was. Yeah. Like, I think she, uh, she played such an exaggerated version of herself that I think it was, I I think it was, it was fun. Um, Even Stallone looked like he was having like. A decent time being, um, being a smart ass. He was hanging out at Planet Hollywood being a smart ass, ba- smoking a cigar. Basically. Uh, I will say Stallone um, scratching the pool cue, uh, scratching the pool cue and just like <laughs> tossing the stick down and be like, I fucking hate this game. Like that, <laughs> yes. that actually was a pretty funny moment. <laughs> that had nothing to do with yeah, anything. That, just... that, that was just the best take they had. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, don't, I want to believe that that was completely yeah. ad-lib because he didn't mean to scratch. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but Jackie Chan, though, just like one, they were incredibly racist about. Like, oh my god! He doesn't even. They're like he doesn't even speak English. Fuck that guy! And like with it was like the beginning of the lazy captions yeah. that were popping up, where they describe him as like as as like like a like a scholar and a linguist, and it's like guys, come on! Oh my god! What was the um? It's the dude from Dexter. The oh my su- god! Surprise, surprise, motherfucker! motherfucker. Um, um, he he plays the AD in this. Yeah, and they li- they literally list him as an Oreo. Yeah, like, I yeah. threw up. Actually, <laughs> yeah, I, I saw. I like I like I, you warned me about that beforehand. Yeah. And I still I saw it on the screen. And I was just like still stunned. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, that's certainly not okay now. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't okay. It wasn't then. okay then either. Like I don't um, care what anyone fucking says. Right. <laughs> like, um. I actually didn't think he did a bad job for for his little bit of screen time. That Eric was, King. Eric King. Eric there King. Yeah, he. Yeah, no, I actually did enjoy him. Again, yeah. line deliveries were solid. The role he played was, I mean, it was very very small, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, aptly done, and uh, was unfortunately subject to some weird racist bullshit on the screen that he was yeah. probably never made aware of. No, so that was awful. Any other casting we want to highlight is terrible. Oh God, um, there's a lot that's bad, but there's a lot that's bad. It's there's that's the thing is there's so much in it. Like every other woman besides the three that we named were yeah. just so bland yeah. and unimportant to anything happening. Like, again, like not given any input on anything, and just and all of them just blanket labeled feminists for no discernible reason. Like. The use of the term feminist in this movie is... They treat the word feminist as though it's saying bitch. Yeah. Like, it's interchangeable in this context. Yeah. Just just judging by the way the captions work yeah. in every other in every other way. Like, they're clearly fa- yeah. they're clearly trying to operate in that fashion. I... Ugh. You know, I didn't actually mind... I, I forget the character's name, but the escort. I didn't mind her. I minded the framing of her. You mean the literal framing? Literal, yes. Yeah, it's it's, it's weird, very right? Strange. Like, yeah, no, literally framing wise. Which I just, just want to count this as moving on to what didn't work with the production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she like, there's that one moment in particular where she's like talking about thinking about 
Alan Smithy and thinking right. about Alan Smithy, thinking about her, thinking about him. And it's, and it's just her in the exact same position mirrored. Is, is this when she's um, praying in the church? It's like just after that. Like, okay. she, like she prays in the church the first, I think she prays in the church a couple of times yeah. or, they, or they go, or they have like multiple moments from her in that, in yeah. that scene. But after, after they show that the first time, there's a, a moment where she's modeling. And, oh yeah, yeah. And, and she's just like flipping back and forth. Like they're just transposing the image it's over and over really again. really weird. It's so strange. In, in general, the camera work was pretty bad. Yeah, in this, it, re- it really was. Specifically for her, I'm like, why would you frame her like that? I genuinely don't know. Um, what else didn't work about the production? Um, the writing. The, the just all all of, all of the writing. I, I mean, I think we yeah we've touched on it quite a bit, but yeah. Esther House clearly like I like. I want to believe this is something that he was really excited about and had like some kind of different yeah. vision for, but this was so tired and hackneyed and lazy. So I think this and, is probably a good time to mention that the the director of this film took an Alan Smithy credit and not to be ironic. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Okay. No, like, it was not ironic. I thought it was a joke. Like I. So Esther House wrote this. He also partially funded it. Yes. And the reason that the director left the project and took an Alan Smithy credit is because he got pushed out of the editing process, which is exactly the oh my god thing that happens in the movie. It's literally in the script, yeah. guys. Yeah. How how. And this, How do you not have the self awareness to like realize, oh shit, what are we doing? What the, the there were many parts of this movie that were uncomfortable to watch, but there's a I think it's a quote unquote outtake where uh, Joe Esther, Esther House is talking to the director. Oh, I remember that moment. I was wondering who the hell is yeah, that guy? That's the director, and he's trying to convince them to take this project. And the director, I, it's David Hiller, I think. Um. He's he's like, well, why would I take this project? Because he can see like, oh, this is Joe's project. Yeah, he wants Ar- Arthur Hiller. Arthur Hiller. I was gonna say, I um, thought you said Arthur Hiller earlier, right? Because it's Arthur Miller, but Hiller. Um, <laughs> and Joe's trying to convince him that this is the movie that's sticking up for the director, which is inc- extra ironic because Arthur Hiller used to be the head of the DGA. Right. He mentioned that. He said yeah. you were the president of the DGA. Uh, Directors Guild of America. Yes. Yes. But then he he takes on the project. He does a cut. They throw away his cut. He takes the Alan Smithy credit. It's it's nauseating, guys. The, <laughs> like, come on. The sheer irony. Like, I... Mm, good Lord. That is, uh, that's actually sickening. Yeah. Like, holy fuck, yeah. man. Like, but I would I would also agree that I would take an Alan Smithy on this. Oh, he, yes, in a heartbeat. <laughs> like people knew the people who worked on it knew it was bad. Like when Eric Idle was doing press for it, he's I think he described it as dreadful. It's a dreadful movie. Oh my god, <laughs> which is very, very much him. It's very British. Um, <laughs> god. Uh, but the so I also wanted to talk about why the music's terrible. Yes, yeah, so please tell me. Please explain that to me. The the stu- the I forget what studio he worked with. I, I've never heard of it before. It's like Synago or whatever. No, no idea. Um, doesn't matter. Anyway, sure. they couldn't afford the music. 
<laughs> really? Yeah. So Joe Esterhouse said that he would pay for the music or at least try to figure out something for the music, which again, guys, it's a mockumentary. You don't actually need music. You don't really need it. Um, so it's not necessary for the format. I really wish somebody had handed him a copy of like Spinal Tap. Yeah. But whatever. Well, I mean, that one already had, that one does, music's kind of important. Right, <laughs> right. It's like, but there's no music playing over the interviews unless it's a part of that. Anyway. Sure, um, sure, sure. It's all diegetic. <laughs> <laughs> So what he did was he put a call out, uh, Joe Esterhouse, yes, for bands that want to have their music in a movie, and he got what he got, which was a bunch of bands that nobody had ever heard of playing bizarre-ass music that has nothing to do with the scenes that they're in. Have I done this before? Absolutely. Did I write the scene to be around it afterwards? Yes. Yeah, you can shape that to make it yeah. sound better and be more effective in the film in post. It's yeah. very clear there was no attempt to do that this time. And that's why you end up with that weird, like, like Rugrats-esque shit in the background <laughs> of the yeah. mental hospital scenes. Oh, God, and... I hate it. Well, it was, it was Itsy Bitsy Spider was a reoccurring song for the... Um... Mental and solution stuff was it was, was even beyond Eric Idle just actually reciting it or yeah. okay I well there was an inter- there was a version that was very Rugrats esque um, yeah because it sounds like it's on a toy fucking xylophone <laughs> yeah it just I am I am imagining the like eight foot tall Joester Howells with his gorilla hands just banging on a little tiny rainbow. Yeah, except uh, except when except when they did that shit in Rugrats, it worked because it was Mark fucking Mothersbaugh right, right. who actually knows how to craft good music. Right. <laughs> he can take a was it a Fisher Price piano <laughs> yeah. and make it somehow fun. Yeah, um, <laughs> what a guy. I wonder what he's been up to. Um, uh, was there a Devo reunion or something? I'm not sure. Well, he used to do all the Wes Anderson. That's also true. Uh, oh, so he stuff, may so. he may have have some stuff going on there. Maybe. <laughs> I'd rather we'll be talking we'll, about Mark we'll, Mothersbaugh. We'll see. We'll see when we see Asteroid City later oh, this year. Looks so good. I can't wait. Um, so that that's why the, the not only the music is not great, it well, it just doesn't fucking fit. It doesn't anything. fit, and it, it's so varied and different mm-hmm. in feel. I think that some of the music would probably be fine in the context as a song, uh, like the the song that plays over the opening credits. The Oddly, incredibly long opening credits. It's really long. Like they t- they they spent so much time, and I don't know if this is they really wanted to highlight all that graffiti work that yeah. was done, which like fine, fine. It, it didn't have anything to do with the movie. No, but it had. No, it really had almost no relevance. Like you could have looped that back around and had like had like somebody in with the brothers, brothers, right? But be involved with that and have like be have that be kind of like foreshadowing yeah. what's going to happen later on. Where surprise, black artists save the fucking day. Yeah. Like, huh? But no, it's just kind of there. Yeah. Um. Anything else not work about the production? With the production, hmm. The outtakes. The fuck was that? They're, they're not good outtakes. Like they're not funny. They were. They were. They were uncomfortable. They, I was were, uncomfortable. they were uncomfortable. They were a sorry excuse for side boob. A a, uh, a now frankly kind of insulting inclusion of the original director. <laughs> uh, That's really. Oh yeah, I like, guess that is like. He had already left the movie at that point. Yeah, he had to have. Why right? would you? Why would that? you include that? Like it's now that so now that I know weird. that, it's yeah. like, what, like, what are you guys doing? 
It had to have, that that feels very much like a high school bully move. It does. Yeah, and I think that boils down so much of what I think is so wrong about this movie is that it's, it's mean-spirited. It's fucking mean-spirited. It, like so much of it is like be like it's it, it's it's both so far up its own ass and such a yeah. dick to all to everyone involved. Like that ending scene that ending shot in particular is such a encapsulation. Remind of, me what the ending. It is fr- frame from behind. It is mm-hmm. Ryan O'Neill with shooting range targets of the brothers' brothers oh. with gaping bullet holes yeah. right between their eyes, and then he holds his giant fucking oh, gun right. up to his head and clicks, and then he just turns around and remembers there's a camera there and goes. And walks off. I'm just like. And then the Tarzan yell. And... No, the Tarzan yell was before that. That was that was uh, Eric Idle when he was reunited with the escort because she came to visit him at the asylum. This and movie. he sees <laughs> he sees her and goes, "Oh, and like he's very touched." And then he just look just barrels down the camera, shouting and swinging his African stick that he's been That's holding. Right. And there's a Tarzan yell for no reason. It's a, it's like this movie's attempt to do like the cockatoo from Citizen Kane. <laughs> fuck is this movie sorry i um, feel like i just fell into a fugue state and started shouting <laughs> like all of the things you said are true good um, okay i'm glad i didn't go on on a bizarre tangent uh <laughs> i don't know how we ended up here but here we are yeah um well joe do you think that this deserves a yes <laughs> 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 Does it deserve, I said, God, yes, and more so. And more so, yeah, uh, frankly. It, more it, people should hate this movie. More people should hate this movie. Don't watch it. Oh, God, I, no. d- I would not recommend that anybody watch you this movie. You probably watch the trailer and get the whole vibe. Uh, actually, you know, I will say, I didn't have to pay for this movie because we rented it through Hoopla for our lo- from our local library. It is, huh. stream- it, it is streamable through Hoopla. I'm going to have to look up Hoopla. Yeah. So, I, support, I hate saying it, but. Support your local library. <laughs> I paid for this. I'm sorry. Fuck. I'm very sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> I actually made sure to watch it twice just to get my money's worth. <laughs> uh, well, okay. At least you did that. So. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Joe, where can they find us? <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Again, please rate and review our episodes wherever you find them. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, whatever. Uh, Good Pods, Podchaser, wherever you listen, we are there. Help other people find us. Please spread the word about our our, our, uh, our show here, especially as we're approaching our season two finale very soon, where there will be a special announcement. I'm not going to tell you what. Yeah. Or if you want to make suggestions for, for things you'd like to see us cover in the future, you can email us at derazzledpodcasts at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media, we're on Twitter at derazzledpod. Facebook at Derazzled Podcast and Instagram and TikTok at Derazzled underscore podcast. And I think that about covers it. Fantastic. Yeah, we actually we did take one of the suggestions and we're going to do that in season three. Yeah. I say suggestion, but it was more of a threat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this was very fun and I can't wait to come back next time to talk about Razzle dazzle, yeah. Razzle dazzle, <laughs> <laughs> You start. You said come back where we'll, we'll talk yeah, about. It's like, wait, so what just happened? Do you want to take it again? No, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>